How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, let's go. Two hours down. About to be halfway through another five-hour KM to AM, let's get it now. I mean, we talk Knicks and Nets, and my whole message is just like, what did you expect? This is New York, not New Mexico. Brooklyn is in New York. Knicks fans should be able to take over the arena with a losing team and a franchise that has no superstars. Oh, yeah, Ben Simmons. <laughs> we haven't really gotten to the Hall of Fame conversation. I don't think we need to. I think all of us uh, here at the fan are... In lockstep on the uh, Hall of Fame being a complete sham, a farce, not valid. We did speak a little bit about the coaching carousel in the NFL. That's what I opened with. But I know, you know, not too many people are going to bite on that because your head coach is your head coach with the Giants. Your head coach is your head coach with the Jets. And, uh, you know, the other guys that are in between will... Uh, get filled in for the Giants, and you'll go into free agency and pro days and NFL Combine and the draft, and uh, we'll you know watch the AFC Championship, NFC Championship, and the Super Bowl, and then we'll be talking about pitchers and catchers. Bobby is in Belmore. Bobby, you're on the fan. Hi, uh, JT Ponte. You should be on a team last year for $10 million instead of Fat Boga back and rough. Uh, number two, I don't know how Don Manley's not in the Hall of Fame if Todd Helton's in. Right. Uh, number, like, number three. Exactly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, know that, I know what you're getting at. Uh, also, number three, I told you the Bills need to score 30 points against a dec- with their decimated defense. Yeah. They didn't do it. And I think, like Lamar Jackson says, to be a heavyweight champ, a championship fight, they better be up by at least 10 points because you're going to knock out the champs. It's a close decision. I think Mahomes is going to pull it out. Yeah, Andy Reid. Lamar better Andy yeah, Reid, he's diabolical. Yep. They'll scheme something up, and somebody will be ru- running wide open down the field, and Mahomes going to hit him. Yeah, that's what they're going to be up. Now, let me get to the Knicks. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Now, they beat Miami with a hobble butler last year, and Randall played like crap. Okay, it was a one-man show. They're proving the last play of the series, and they triple team Brunson, and you know where to go. He's carrying the whole team. Now, Miami, the last three NBA Eastern final teams got better. Rozier to Miami, which is a big, big trade. Uh, was a lot with, with Milwaukee, I'm sorry, and the Porzingis with Boston. So, you know, the Knicks, I think, need to get another score, especially if, Rand- if Randall craps a bit in the playoffs again. They don't have a shot to beat any of these teams in the playoffs. I'm, I, I'm, I'm think- really rooting for him. I feel like, you know, I heard Evan talking about it, and people still don't believe I heard BT talking about it. I'm really rooting for Randall to be, A, healthy for these playoffs, and be the guy that you expect him to be, that he's been in the regular season. I'm really hoping that he does not have another injury or absent performance in the playoffs because there's no way to come back from it. 
there is no way, because even Miami, if they have a healthy butler with this guy, Rosier, at a 24 point, I know he's not going to score 23 in Miami, but a guy shoots 45%, very good shooter, and the big guy in, in the middle. And of course, you got Boston that's playing with Holiday and I forgot about Holiday and Porzingis, in addition from last year. And this, and they've got mm-hmm. Lillard from Milwaukee, and I think Rock Rivers will pick up the de- the twenty second ranked defense in Milwaukee, and I think they'll they'll be a championship contender. I'm not even mentioning Philly because you know I know I know I think the Knicks will be silly like they proved. Yeah, Embiid will get hurt again, and and it's only yeah, Embiid. It's I guess Tyrese Maxey, but it's if you figure out a way to to stop Embiid, they can't guard and they everybody. Done, and even with Harden, without without the choke Harden, I mean. They they haven't done anything in the playoffs as far as like the other three teams that've been in the NBA finals yeah. or won the NBA finals. Trust the process. So Forever processing. They're they're never getting the Eastern Conference final. Yeah, and so I think if the Knicks match up with any of those three teams in the second round, which I think is a possibility, I would rather much rather play never Philadelphia. Never getting past the Eastern um, Conference final. I meant to say. I'm right, I think that, well, I think if they if they could get to maybe they could play Philadelphia. I don't know how the you know what they fifth right like the fifth. I think now. Yeah, and those, I mean, it's all going to change. It's all going to shake out, especially with two weeks till the trade deadline. That's what I'm saying. The Knicks, don't be worried about beating the Nets and taking over the arena. Make the move to get Malcolm Brogdon or whoever it is that you plan to get and shore up this team for this run because everybody else around you is making moves. Like, yeah, I know they got they got the guy from Toronto. He's a good player, but he's not going to put him over the hump. They got to get another scorer in there, and uh, you know I think they I don't know who's going to be available during the trading deadline, and but I think all three teams that they're competing because have improved, and Knicks have improved obviously this year. They're definitely better, but they're going against three teams in the playoffs that they're going to have difficulty matching up offensively, and I think that they don't get enough. I mean. If they don't get another scorer. I don't think they could be any of those three teams in a seven-game series, uh, especially unless Randall plays out of his mind, plays well. And past history in the last couple of years, he has not. Mm-hmm. So you can't bank on that. You can't even not bank on it. You can't expect that at all. You got to plan for him to not show up, which is even more reason why you need another scorer. Thanks for the call, Bobby. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Matt is in Rockland County. Go, Matt. Go. What's up, Keith? What's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah, I love you, but I gotta disagree on one point here. Yeah, that's perfectly Aaliyah. fine. That's what this is for. Go for it. The whole Barclays thing, bro. If you, the snack that's been talked to Knicks fans for two or three years about how this is a net city, net net world's been built, all that stuff, going to school here in the snack. It's your time. Nets are talking. Yes, it is your time now. It blew up in the Nets fans' faces. Katie and Kyrie wanted out. The Nets' ownership did not do what they were supposed to do to keep the superstars here. That run is over. It's like it almost didn't happen. So stay down till you come up, and now it's the get back, right? Uh, it was seven, I think it was seven, maybe eight wins in a row for the Nets over the Knicks. Now the Knicks, I think, are halfway to that. So I understand the smack talk, and that's that's a rivalry. That's That happens between the Yankees and the Mets fans. That happens between the Rangers, Islanders, Devils fans. Um, but what I'm what I'm saying is there are too many people lying about what goes on and too many people moving the goalposts about what goes on. And so I had to clear the air on that today because I'm listening to all the all the Nets should relocate. No, no, they have the best arena and now they've actually taken a decade to build their fan base after a rebrand a rebrand. They should fire the head coach. They don't have to move anywhere. If they fire the head coach, if they actually get some players, if they actually build a competitive team and do it right, you will see the fans there. You will hear the fans there. There is no fake noise being pumped into there. And I'm speaking as somebody that has been there, and everybody can go find the receipts. 
If you follow me on Instagram, Twitter, scroll back. You can see me in the arena and listen. Like, I, I wouldn't lie. I hate the Nets right now. Like I said, I've been to two games. I went to opening night, and I went to the game last night because Evan invited me. Like, I'm happy that I root for the Devils now. I can watch hockey because the Nets are, are disgusting. They're bums. But, like, for the Knicks fan to be talking about, oh, we took over your arena, you're supposed to. For the Knicks fan yeah. talking about, oh, we came back to beat y'all, you're supposed to. The Nets are a bottom three team in the league. Yeah, it just feels better, man. Yeah, I mean, and it come should. In there and Stand on it. Be, it be, be happy better. about it because you know what? You couldn't beat KD and Kyrie when the Nets actually had, I don't know, stars like you need in the NBA, like how you have a, a tandem of stars in Brunson and Randall. You, you couldn't beat them. Now it's your yeah, time to say, okay, what goes around comes around, and the Knicks do run the city. But like, roll, I don't roll know. back the tape when KD and Kyrie were there. We also took over the building. No, you didn't. I was in the building. Like, you might have been able to physically show up, which makes sense because there's a century of Nick fandom in this city. While the Brooklyn Nets used to be the New Jersey Nets, they okay. used to play in all of these different arenas and places. Now they found a home. And it's funny, like, just listening to people talk about this home of the Brooklyn Nets as if it's in New Mexico and not New York. It's very accessible. There's like eight trains that run to that place. It's easy to get dropped off over there. I'm not surprised at all. I've, I've been I've been to a bunch of these games, man. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, my second point, I'll hop off here. The disrespect to Jalen Brunson, I where has Ooh. I mean, you give him the respect, but I think there's a viral clip now, like a NBA reporter going off about how Jalen Brunson did worse in the Heat series, and they pull up the stats. The brother was averaging 31 a game. You got to put respect on him. I, I got the utmost respect for him. I knew that game was over. When he came back in the game, he hit that three. He he looked into the crowd, and he looked to the direction of the entrance where the the block, the Brooklyn Brigade sits. I'm like, they're going to close us out. <laughs> Brunson, once Brunson and Randall got back in the game, I'm like, there's no way the Nets win this game. They're going to find a way to lose. I've got a ton of respect for that guy, his pops, his work ethic. The fact that he's one of the smallest guys on the floor, but he's the most polished guy on the floor his his footwork, his shots, he doesn't take bad shots. He can run it up to 40. Other nights he can get guys involved. And he came here to take on the role of this point guard that Knicks fans were searching for for so many years. He stepped into that role, and, man, they got a steal of a deal with him. Uh, I, I think he's going to be the one. I think he's the guy to lead you to where you want to go. Yeah, right. uh, what do you think about the DeJounte Murray deal? And uh, thank you so much, Keith. Have a great night. Thanks for the call, Matt. I mean, go ahead and get DeJounte Murray. I think they said they want two first-round picks for him and a starting-level player to Atlanta. I think it's DeJounte Murray, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, and I forget who else. I know Scary Terry was was in some conversations. Bruce Brown was in some conversations. You, not Bruce Brown is not the move. I, you, I think you need a bench scorer. What you lost in IQ, Emmanuel Quickly, and him being a microwave scorer, and that's another thing about last night that pissed me off. Cam Thomas goes to the house that Kobe built, lights it up, 33 points, it does not matter what that young man does. They will continuously treat him like he's not an NBA-level player, like he's a rookie, and like he doesn't matter to the team and the franchise and the fan base. For him to be sitting on the bench when he's the guy that can come in and score, when all I do is watch the Nets miss shots and no one can get a bucket besides Mikael Bridges, no one can create their shot besides Mikael Bridges and Cam Thomas, it's criminal to have him on the bench. And Jacques Vaughn has no explanation for it. Nets fans are done with Jacques Vaughn. There's nothing he can do to redeem himself. We had fun last Friday watching them beat LeBron and AD. And what happened after that? LeBron, LeBron, the GM starts making moves. Oh, now they got to get rid of D'Angelo Russell. Now they want Dennis Schroeder back. Okay. <laughs> but, like, what are the Nets going to do? Where was Sean Marks at? 
I didn't see Sean Marks in there last night. I saw Spike Lee. Where was Sean Marks? He wasn't in his usual area. Where's Joe Sy? He wasn't sitting courtside now. They don't want to be seen because they know. They decided that they weren't going to acquiesce. They decided that they weren't going to fall in line like the rest of these owners and GMs do when they get superstar players in their building. It's the NBA. There are five guys on the court. If you've got two of those guys as superstars in this league like the Nets have, I know they brought a lot of nonsense. I know they were barely healthy. I know they barely played. But to think that you could pivot away from them, make trades, and somehow pick up the pieces and put the puzzle back together and actually bank on Ben Simmons being your point guard and being someone that you could rely on this season, shame on you. Shame on you. I'm on record. I'm on record here. I'm on record on Talking Nets saying anything you get from Ben Simmons is a bonus. But I also was sitting right in here with Craig and Evan as soon as that thought came out on the internet, as soon as there was an article about trading James Harden to reunite him with Daryl Morey in Philadelphia and taking on the Ben Simmons contract, I said, no, no, hell no. He's a baby. He's not going to play. It's not going to work. He's cooked. And here we are. Let's go to Al and Schenectady on the fan. What's up, Al? Hello, Ken. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Not bad. Listen, I'm a Mets fan, and I'm not pretty happy right now like a lot of Mets fans. What is taking as two players I want to bring up to you? Steve Cohen to get Justin Turner, which you mentioned a while back, and J.D. Martinez. What is the holdup here? I don't think David Stearns is interested in them. And and even if Steve Cohen is like, hey, uh, you know, these guys are available. This might be the shot in the arm that the fan base needs. This might be what we need to kind of, you know, make some of these fans feel good about this season. I don't think David Stearns, who's running the show now, your president of baseball operations, is interested in them. Well, I'll tell you, he don't. I, I, you know, it's like they're he's getting these players. My grandfather, God rest his soul, used to call him big Mets fan. Used to call these guys scraps that he said some of the Mets players come, but uh, they're not getting anybody good. I mean, no, they're getting marginal marginal players for a low cost, and people are calling them lottery tickets. They're not even lottery tickets. They're like they're like parlays that aren't going to hit. You're banking on uh, so many guys that. Uh, are journeymen or had bad seasons last year or high ERAs, and you're hoping that they figure it out and find it in Queens during this year that you're waiting for some money to come off the books. I I think it's New York. I think it's big market. I think there's a ton of Mets fans that in this Steve Cohen era expected them to compete all the way through, that it's tough to take a just complete uh, 360, 180 and and, and say, well, nope, now we're building for the future. No, you, you can still build. You can do both at the same time. Because you still right. have Francisco Lindor. You still have Jeff McNeil. Kodai Senga was an all-star last year. Pete Alonso is going to hit 40, 50. But you still have legit players on this team. You can rebuild while while adding a J.D. Martinez, a Jorge Soler. A, a, right. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't yes. hurt. It doesn't hurt. But why did, did, does he know what he's doing? Sir? Yeah, he does. He does. He, I mean, we all think he does. We all regard him as this smart baseball mind and this Ivy League guy, and he's got this vision. And I really think, looking at him, I'm like, this guy's trying to destroy what you think of the Mets right now. Because there are a lot of Mets fans that think King Cohen is here, and the last two off-seasons we were able to buy whoever we wanted, and we're going to buy our way to a championship. No, he's destroying that in your brains. It's a complete philosophy change, and you just got to wait it out and see. And I've come around to think about it and say, okay, these Mets players, they hear all this stuff too. 
they have pride for the name on the front of the jersey and definitely the name on the back of the jersey. And maybe you don't get a J.D. Martinez, a Jorge Soler, or a Justin Turner, um, but I, I think that there, there are guys on this team that are going to go out there and play hard and compete for you. Yeah, but it also helps when you have help, Keith. Uh, some good players to help you out too, though, Keith. Yeah, you and you have it. the money to do it. I, that's why I'm yeah. just like, go, just go sign one of these guys, and that will be enough to energize the fan base to say, hey, you know, they they did throw us a bone here. Thanks for the call, Al. ESPN Bet is now live in New Jersey as the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlay teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present within the state of New Jersey to participate. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Halfway, halfway through a five-hour KM to AM. From me to you, let's keep it going, man. 877-337-6666. I got a couple calls, but if you call right now, you'll get on. Um, we're going to break probably in 10 minutes. To bring in my last guest, CP the franchise. CP is a level-headed Knicks fan. He's not the type that's going to come on here and Spike the ball about taking over Barclays. What does that mean? That doesn't make any sense. You play in the Garden, the Mecca, for years. <laughs> the Nets are bums. I, I don't understand all the uh, pom-pom waving and all the celebrating over beating one of the worst teams in the NBA. You didn't do that for, uh, I don't know, the Trailblazers, the Wizards, the Pistons. But I get it. It's a rivalry and... What it is, is for the last, you know, 2020, 2022, 2020, you know, 2019, that summer was when the clean sweep happened. I was in London. I remember I specifically brought my Vince Carter jersey to London. I was there to see the Yankees, Red Sox, obviously in the London series, but I knew there was a chance. I knew there was a chance that the Nets signed some big time free agents. And when it happened, it was like, yes, here we go. Like, this is it. The clean sweep. KD, Kyrie, DeAndre Jordan. And uh, it just gave you the feeling of, okay, now we're contenders. Now we have two of the best players in the NBA. Even though KD was rehabbing, Kyrie was going to play. And we had a young core. Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, those guys. Then they got greedy. 
the next year when KD came back. They traded those young guys and some picks, which is also why they're, why they're in this position right now, for James Harden to try and get a quick chip, to try and put together a massive big three and get to the NBA Finals. No one could stop it. The universe stopped it. Injuries stopped it. And then the next year, you know, James Harden with the whole uh, vaccination thing, he did take the jab and KD gets hurt and Kyrie is not able to play and Josiah and Sean Marks decided that Kyrie was such a distraction that having him play on the road in places that weren't New York that didn't have the mandate wasn't worth it to the team, that they could actually go out there and compete and win games. They did the opposite. They lost a lot of those games, and James Harden became frustrated. He forced his way out of Houston in a situation where he was the only guy on the team. Now he's got to carry the Nets back-to-back years. KD always being fragile, made out of glass, hurt. Kyrie always in some nonsense, whether it's taking a leave for his sister, his dad's birthday party, or, you know, the passing of Kobe Bryant. He just didn't show up to the arena that night, or... You know, the vaccine and him being, a, you know, a Aaron Rodgers type, they think that they just know more than science and modern medicine. And then, of course, the infamous uh, Hebrews to Negroes post from Amazon just, you know, didn't even write anything. No context, no caption, just a link to an anti-Semitic film that he himself ended up saying he didn't watch. And all that led to... Harden forcing his way out and then making a trade for Ben Simmons. They actually took on Ben Simmons, who's still on this team with a max contract. I think he makes something like $177 million. Doesn't play. Doesn't have to play. His his checks are clearing. Meanwhile, the Nets are struggling. The guy's got no sense of urgency. And the Nets will tell you, yeah, 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 he's on his way back. He's on his way back. It's about to be February. Season started in October. <laughs> And that's told you they're building around Mikael Bridges. He's the number one option. He was not a number one option in Phoenix when they went to the finals. He's never a number one option. Night to night, he can run it up like he did against the Knicks last night, give you 30. But that's not him every night. He's an Ironman. He plays every night. He doesn't load manage. And then when you look at the guys you've drafted, like Nick Claxton, solid player, but not a superstar. Cam Thomas looks like an emerging superstar, but you don't believe in him. And you do add some pieces like a Dennis Smith Jr., Alani Walker, and then you did get back Spencer Dinwiddie from the Kyrie trade, Dorian Finney-Smith from the Kyrie trade, Cam Johnson from the KD trade. Like You have some NBA players, but what you don't have is a team that was built to play together and win. And then you also have a coach that you decided would lead this team before you knew what team he was coaching. 877-337-6666. If any Nets fans want to jump in, you know, I'm not mad at all. Like, I, this season is cooked. It's got nothing to do with the Knicks. I just think it's funny, right? When I came from the arena last night, I'm like, hey, Knicks fans, call in. You know, you got it. No Knicks fans were really calling in to celebrate. But as I went to sleep and woke up, it's like, oh, my. All the conversation about MVP chance and taking over a building, that is the easiest building for you to overtake in the NBA. Why, folks? Why? Why, why would that building be the easiest building for New York Knicks fans to overtake because it's not in New Mexico. It's in New York. So I think I've said my piece on that. I think I said enough about the Hall of Fame, which, you know, Bobby called and said Todd Helton is in the in the Hall of Fame, but Don Mattingly isn't. Just ran out of time. It is so busted and flawed. 
They have the like veterans committee, the uh, something committee. Like Jim Leland is getting in this year through that committee that can kind of write you in after the fact. Fred McGriff got in last year through that. But, you know, like Gary Sheffield is done. He's run out of time. Who made these rules? Who designed this? It's so backwards. The journalists that can't throw a baseball, can't swing a bat, are the ones that decide baseball immortality. And they hold a grudge based off of who they liked, who they didn't like, who gave them an interview, who didn't. Give them the time of day. I saw Pac-Man Jones or Adam Jones, not Pac-Man Jones, Adam Jones from the Orioles say, oh, you guys are holding a grudge because somebody didn't give you a hug and some other guy did. Big poppy, big sloppy. (laughs) He must have gave out a lot of hugs. So you mean to tell me that David Ortiz is a first ballot Hall of Famer, but there's a bunch of other guys that are left off because of PEDs? Gary Sheffield can't get in. Ten tries. It's criminal. It's not right. But it's not criminal because we don't really care. Like I said, the Hall of Fame now is as valid as the Astros 2017 World Series. Those guys cheated the core of the game. They had a camera system to relay signs so that their hitters knew what pitch was coming. People paid to watch those games. People gambled on those games. We watched those games thinking that they were just that good. And obviously they had, had talent because they went on to continue to be dominant. I still think they're cheating in some kind of way. I don't think they just all of a sudden were clean, you know. But they did go win the World Series two years ago. So now you can't say anything about that asterisk World Series. But Rob Manfred granted all those guys immunity, and none of them got punished. Those guys are all potential Hall of Famers. Altuve, Correa, Bregman, those guys are good. Those guys could potentially get into the Hall of Fame years from now when they retire. But they'll have a huge stain on their careers that they were a part of the biggest cheating scandal in the modern era, era uh, the modern modern era. The baseball is the game of shadows. There's so many other little dumb things that have gone on over the years, and the younger generation is not going to care about the Hall of Fame. I might go up there. I've never been up there. I might go up there next year for CC and Ichiro. Ichiro should be a unanimous Hall of Famer, right? It makes no sense to me that Ken Griffey and Derek Jeter, who I grew up on, were not unanimous. I'm glad that Mariano was. I think that's a no-brainer, the greatest closer. But, like, I grew up watching Ken Griffey, watching Derek Jeter, wanting to play baseball because of those guys. And there's some crabs, some cornballs that decided, nah, they're not going to be unanimous. I'm going to withhold my vote because that's a little bit of power that they have. (laughs) Kyle's in Northeast PA. Kyle, you're on the fan. Go for it, man. Hey, how's it going tonight? I called in a couple of weeks ago about the Knicks and their trade on an OG. Yeah. And I thought it was a great trade. I mean, I missed Barrett. Quickly, I thought he uh, shot, you know, silly shots in the game. Um, it was the right move. So I was glad he, he was gone. They're winning but, uh, with OG. Anyway, the team fits better with OG. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he, he's lengthy, and he can get steals, blocks, rebounds. I think uh, – you know, I don't know if you talked about it tonight, but uh, a lot of people say, you know, uh, Randall this, Randall that, you know, Randall in the playoffs. But uh, Randall is really pushing hard, man. And, uh, you know, he played with Kobe, and he knows what it takes to win yep. a championship. So I think he's uh, I think he's an all-star. I think he's an MVP. You know, Brunson, too. Um, they got a really good team. And uh, I think they're all dogs, man. I don't think they need to trade for nobody. You know, their bench is a little weak. Right, um, so they can trade for a score. You know, the bench, the bench is definitely weak, but they just need you know a bench player, and I couldn't name a player right now. 
But I, I think the Knicks are, are really tough right now, and uh, they're playing great. You know, and I don't know if anybody wants to talk about the Knicks tonight and call in uh, a little more about the Knicks. But uh, as far as the Yankees, too, I got to say uh, they're playing, you know, they're going to play pretty well this year, too. But uh, I mostly call in about the Knicks. And uh, I think they're, you know, I think they're top dogs. I think they're great. And uh, I've been the fan since the, you know, the mid-90s when Patrick Ewing was almost retiring, you know. Good. And uh, Spreewell, Chris Childs, Charlie Ward, all those players. And uh, I think the Knicks really got a great team. And, and as far as last night, people calling in saying the Nets arena was uh, loud with Knicks fans. Well, New York Knicks, man, come on, New York all day. That's where the Knicks are, in New York. You know, you know, they came from Jersey. So maybe they should go back to Jersey, you know. Yeah, it's so corny. <clears throat> like this is it's just the same thing. I knew I knew we were gonna get there. Maybe they should go back to Jersey. They're not. They're gonna stay in Brooklyn. But be happy that your franchise was here for a hundred years and you outnumber uh, Nets fans by a hundred to one. So in, enjoy your season. You don't have MVP caliber players. I was hearing the MVP chants in there, and my my retort was. You'll never have one. You're not going to have an MVP. You can't even bet on Jalen Brunson to be MVP in FanDuel. MIP, you got Julius Randle, most improved player. But, yeah, uh, the Nets suck, and they should fire their head coach, and they should start over, but they won't. They have too much pride for that uh, as their GM and, and owner, you know, just think that they know what they're doing. And Nets fans got to struggle through this for a little while, and the little bit of time that we thought we had something was a flash in the pan. was nothing. Really, after all is said and done, more was said than done. But for you Knicks fans, make that trade. Get it done. Make that trade to shore up your team. Because your goals have to be much loftier than running the city. Keith McPherson on the fan. Let's go get CP, the franchise, to continue the Knicks and Nets conversation. We'll break it down, and we'll be right back after this. New York City! Let's keep on rocking. Joining us right now... Knicks fans, this is your main man, CP, the franchise. What's up, CP? My man, Keith McPherson. First off, shout out to either you or Connor for the Jay Electronica intro to come into the <laughs> show, man. I like that. I like that, man. I think every time I'm on, we get that uh, Exhibit C beat to come in. It's it's monumental. It's colossal. It's a great way to bring you in, man. I don't think you need any intro. Knicks fans know who you are. Nets fans know who you are. I know Evan's always talking about how he keeps up with the Knicks through you and your channel trending up. I, I think you guys passed the 70,000 subscriber milestone a couple weeks back. Where you at now? 70K. Yeah, we're, we're creeping up on 71K. And, and uh, you know, the, the Ananobi trade really shattered things, man. We had a record over 7,000 live viewers as well, man. So, been a, been a big year for KFTV. You know, when you brought up Evan Roberts, it brought a smile to my face because just yesterday we had Evan on on our, on our matinee show, just previewing the Knicks versus the Nets game, talking trash. And then in the evening time, or actually earlier this morning, rather, I saw the picture of the four of you, you, Loogie, Evan, and Tiki at the game. And, you know, with the Knicks winning, it, it just put a smile on my face, man. <laughs> I, I bet it did. And you know, Evan is defeated. Evan gave you some blood. All the Knicks fans today he said everything. I'm not the same as Evan though. Like I'm not. I'm not defeated. I know the Nets are trash. Like I, I went in there not expecting the win. I go in there rooting for the team. But like I just watched them lose to the Clippers, and yeah. the Clippers closed them out with a 22 nothing run. I watched them give the Trailblazers their 10th and 11th win on the season. I watched them lose to the Wizards. 
I watched them get uh, fined $100,000 for resting healthy players two days after Christmas in that Bucks game. This is a sinking ship. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. I, I'm not feeling the way that I felt about the Nets in the past years. I know they're cooked. So tonight I was talking about all the Knicks fans kind of pounding their chest about taking over the arena. That's no accomplishment. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and you can add a 32 to 18 fourth quarter uh, collapse there by one <laughs> of the worst fourth quarter teams in the NBA to, to add to the misery. But you know what? You know, for the, for the Knicks fans in there gloating, it's like I told Evan yesterday on my show. For the last 20 some odd years, I mean, the Nets have really dominated these matchups, whether it was through the kid era yes, sir. or it was through the, uh, the the KD Kyrie era. You know, the Knicks have not had much success against the Nets. So it's like I told Evan yesterday, I like it because it, this, this is now the time for the Knicks to take advantage of the Nets being the inferior team and stacking up some wins in the win column. So now they're up 2-0 in the, uh, in the season series. Yeah, stay down till you come up. This is the get back, right? All, the, all those L's you took in a row, was it seven or eight That's in a row it. that the Nets had on the Knicks? Now you're stacking wins. And and what I'm trying to tell the Knicks fan out there is like, you're, you're stacking wins against the Nets. But that's nothing to write home about. That's yeah. nothing to be on Twitter writing about for the last 24 hours. You want to stack wins so that you get where you want to be in the Eastern Conference. You want to stack wins so that you feel confident about what you're doing going into the playoffs. Now, speaking of the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, I keep saying that you need to make one more move. Watching that group that had OG Ananobi, uh, Miles McBride, Quentin Grimes, Precious, like watching that group, and it was like OG versus Lonnie Walker in the the – Beginning yeah. of the fourth quarter last night, I'm like, they need another score. OG can score, but like, yeah. you need a microwave score. You need a, a IQ type. You need another guy that in the playoffs, when all the starters are resting, you can either close the gap on a team or you can hold the lead on a team because you have a guy that can create his own shot and put the ball in the hoop. Yeah, absolutely right. The the Emmanuel quickly trade has left a huge hole in that Knicks bench, and every night. When you're in that, you know, end of the third, into the fourth, that stretch where you, you're looking to buy some time, allowing Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle to get some rest so that they can close the game properly, it is, I mean, it is pulling your hair out. It is cardiac nicks, as we always say. You are sweating it out because that unit just does not have a capable, reliable shot creator or playmaker, a guy that you can really go to and trust that he's going to deliver. That's what Emmanuel quickly was able to do over his last couple of years with the Knicks. And so you're right. They definitely do need firepower. Uh, but for now, you know, during this stretch, what what I do like is that I like that it forces a guy like an OG Ananobi to kind of switch his role and become more of a dynamic player, become more of a shot creator. Because, look, by the end of this season, the Knicks are going to have an announcement where OG Ananobi is going to get a big, big deal. And some Knicks fans are going to be like, you know what, he's worth it. And others are going to be like, whoa, this is this is kind of an overpay here. And so what I want to see him doing is continue to work on his game because he's going to need to show that. Yes, the 3 and D is elite. But if he can show a little bit more in the intermediate, it will allow fans to digest his new contract and really see how much value he brings to this team. Yeah, well, you, you got to keep him because you don't want him going to Philly anyway. Like, you don't want him going to a competitor. You made the trade for him. You gave up homegrown, drafted Knicks that were beloved. You got to pay him, and the fans will get over it. The same way fans kind of overreacted to the trade, they got over it pretty quickly when they saw his fit and how the Knicks were winning with him. Um, speaking of fits, <laughs> the best fit in a long time at that point guard position is Jalen Brunson. 
Did he say something about the WNBA? Uh, back in December, Becky Hammond had smoke for him. And then Cand- Candace Parker last night. Like, why are, they, why are they discrediting this man? Why are they talking down on this man? Why are they taking shots at Jalen Brunson, who is the savior point guard for the New York Knicks? You know what it is, man? I just think that over the years, the media has gotten so used to dumping on the Knicks that, you know, these media members feel like they have to do it because it, it's the in thing to do. It's a popular thing to do. But if you look at recent years, the narrative is changing, and Jalen Brunson is a big part of that. You look at these last two years, he's been one of the best players in the NBA. Make no mistake. I hope he makes the all-star team this year because he's, he's very much deserving of it, man. I mean, you, you look at the way that he operates, the way that he creates separation with his size, either using his physicality or using his footwork, the craftiness in which he's able to get into the mid-range. I mean, it is just a sight to see every single night. And so I think, you know, a lot of these these pundits like to, to kind of build on the old narrative of the Knicks, but it just shows that they're not watching every night. Right. And, and you know, that's why they come to Knicks fan TV. No, no, <laughs> no shameless plug here, but that's why they come to us, because the fans know that we, we tap into this team on a nightly basis, and so they know that they'll get an accurate perspective on things. Yeah, good. And it's great to have fan-made media. It's great to have fans that do watch the team every night that have been seeing the progression over the years that can speak on it because these pundits helicopter in. And, like, if people didn't hear, Becky Hammond was basically saying that, you know, Brunson is a small player, like, size-wise. He's not going to be able to stand up to, like, a LeBron James and she even threw Steph Curry out there. Steph Curry's not a big man in this league. Yeah. Uh, but also, those guys have been in the league for a, a decade plus. Brunson is just getting started. And even last night with Candace Parker, she's going back to the Jalen Brunson that was in Dallas. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the Jalen Brunson we're seeing no. now. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's just that's just not doing your research. And a big company like TNT, you, you got nerds behind desks all over that place. At least, you know, pull out some stats and, and give us some accurate figures there. But it's like you said, you know, Brunson's only been on the scene, this is a year and a half as being a starter in this league. And so it's going to take a little bit of time for him to, to get that respect. But I, I think slowly the league is coming around to it. Knicks fans certainly embrace him. But he needs help, man. He, he definitely needs help. They, they won over the Nets, which is great. You had him and Julius Randle both scoring 60 points. But what happens on an off night? What happens if those guys are misfiring? Or what happens if a, a defensive team is successful in slowing down a Jalen Brunson? That's where that extra firepower is going to be needed. And so it's left to be seen how this team will move forward between now and the February 8th trade deadline. Yeah, or God forbid one of those guys gets hurt, not to speak that into existence, not to yeah. put that out there. But, you know, Isaiah Hartenstein was was hurt. And, you know, talking about pundits, right, I, I always reference Stephen A. Smith just like three weeks ago talking about, oh, I got to watch some guy, Isaiah Hartenstein. And like, clearly you haven't watched him. Clearly you haven't been paying attention. He's yeah. the least of your worries. He plays hard. He's, he's, he's a guy that you should be happy you have with Mitchell Robinson going down. Uh, he's obviously out last night. Jericho Sims steps up. Um, you're thinking that you're going to get Mitch Robb back by the end of the season. Obviously, Hartenstein will come back. But, like, I mean, they have the depth. How do you feel about the center position, the five position with the, with the Knicks moving forward? 
I I would say, you know, one to ten concern, I would say about a seven, only because, you know, I love the way that Hartenstein has been playing. His defense has really stepped up. I I mean, you know, he he was looking like Mitchell Robinson out there for a couple of games uh, when he played uh, for Mitch. And then offensively, what he gives the Knicks, being able to space the floor for them a little bit, being able to run offense through Hartenstein. That's one thing that you you couldn't really do through Mitchell Robinson. So I I love the, the change of dynamic that he brought to the team. Now, when he goes down, what happens? They went to Jericho Sims. They went to Precious Achua in the win over the Nets. And I thought those guys really gave it a great effort. I mean, Jericho Sims, uh, first quarter, had four blocks in that game. So he had great energy. Precious Achua closed very well in that game. Now, they were denied the disabled player exemption by the league uh, for, for Mitchell Robinson, thinking that Mitchell Robinson may be back by the end of the season. Now, the problem is, is that what shape will he be in by the time he gets back? When Mitchell Robinson came back from a broken foot two years ago to start off the regular season, he was in pretty bad shape. He was laboring a little bit. And so there's no telling if he's going to come back and, and just jump right into form. I think it's hard to assume that. because And, and this year, he, I mean, he came into camp in great shape. And that's the most disappointing thing about losing Mitchell Robinson was that he was really having a great year. He was in great shape, great spirits, and really dominating at his position. So I still think even at the trade deadline, I would love for them to go out there and get more depth because you just don't know what's going to happen with Hartenstein between now and the end of the season. They need more veteran presence there, but primarily uh, it's going to be on the perimeter where where they need the, the biggest upgrade. Yeah, last thing before we let you go, you know, as I'm telling Knicks fans tonight, hey, don't don't be worried about the measly Nets. The Nets are a bottom three team in the league. Here comes, speaking of the five position, Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets coming to the Garden tomorrow. And then you've got a stretch of games bet- between now and the trade deadline where you'll see the Miami Heat, you'll see the Pacers, you'll see the Lakers, the Mavs. Like, you'll see the Pacers again. This is an important stretch for the Knicks to lock in. Beating the Nets by five, coming back to win is, is cool or whatever. But I know the Nets got or the Knicks got to lock in for this next run. What do you expect to see? I mean, at least you got the Nuggets and the Heat in your own building. Yeah, they're, they're definitely going to need to lock in. Um, the the game against the champs is, is always a great measuring stick and, and always uh, a fun environment. They did beat Denver last year at MSG, which was a pretty fun game that I, that I was at. But the, this Miami game, to me, is more important. They're 1-0 against the Heat in the season series. The Heat just upgraded by adding Terry Rozier uh, to their roster. And, you know, it's going to be important here because this Miami Heat team, they're two and a half games back of the Knicks. Knicks sitting in the fifth spot. You have the Indiana Pacers who are sitting there in the seventh spot who are three games in back of the Heat. The Knicks will face them twice between now and February 10th. And so these games, when you're looking at the fourth through, say, eighth seed in the East, and the Knicks having to play the Heat, the Pacers, the the Orlando Magic, these are going to be like playoff games, Keith, because you have to factor in tiebreakers. These teams are all fairly evenly matched. And so you can't slip. You have to take all these games seriously. The one good thing I like about the Knicks is that in this month of January, it's a home heavy schedule. And so the next eight out of the the next eight out of the eight out of the next nine games, they will be at Madison Square Garden. And so while this team is a work in progress and they have a lot of work to do, they will benefit from having a home heavy schedule, and hopefully that will help them capitalize and uh, and and get into shape. Yup, Knicks fans, go pack your own building. It's easy to get a little cheap ticket a couple months in advance to go to Barclays. 
<laughs> go pack your own building. The Knicks are going to need y'all. CP, you're the man. Uh, last thing, I'm rooting for Julius Randle. I know people are already preemptively expecting him to just, you know, fall flat on his face in, in the playoffs. I'm rooting for Julius Randle to silence his critics this year. I hope so, because it means success for the Knicks, because the Knicks need him. Make no mistake, the Knicks will need him to have any type of success past, say, the second round of the playoffs. So uh, he, he he's due for a big one. You hope that he can shake the demons. But for right now, I, I, I would say for Knicks fans, just enjoy what he's doing for this team for the regular season because he's changed his approach. He's changed his shot selection. He's opted for bully ball, which is where he's playing to his strengths. And he's leading out there and for most nights, both ends of the court. So I like this version of Julius Randle. We'll let the playoff Julius, uh, we'll let him speak for himself when that time comes. But for right now, he's looking good, man. CP, thank you, bro. That's CP the franchise from Nick Fan TV. Keith McPherson on the fan. We got to take this break and hit the update. Connor, hit that right now. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.